the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 33, recorded Tuesday, January 6th, 2015. Golf shorts? This is EdTech, the monthly look at the education segment of the AV industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us is Mr. Ernie Bailey from beautiful UAMS in Arkansas. How are you, sir? Tim, I'm doing just great. Awesome. Uh, Greg Brown from UCLA in uh, Los Angeles, California. Beautiful, sunny Southern California. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the weather today. Greg's 77 like, oh, Lord, see, I said we were going to talk about it. And Mike Tomei uh, from Ithaca College. How are you, sir? Good. Just trying to stay warm. See, it's sunny, that, yeah. but it's 16 degrees. So. <laughs> 16 there. I think Ernie's, what, 20 or 30? Yeah, somewhere in between. I'm like 19. And sunny. Yeah. Greg has golf shorts on. So. Right. Yeah. We, well, love, we love Greg. We like Greg. <laughs> Wait a second. I have to wear pants doing this show? Okay, then. <laughs> On that note, uh, let's just kick this off All right. Uh, it's our first show of the year. So, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's to you guys. Um, off to an auspicious We start. are indeed. Uh, just where we left off, actually. Um, actually, kind of where we left off. Let's talk about projectors. This is the, uh, the week that the home entertainment and the consumer electronics uh, segment of, of our industry kind of gets together. Uh, and some people pay attention to CES in, in the AV world. Some people don't. I, I particularly do because a lot of times it forecasts, honestly, um, where some things are coming down. One of the more interesting things came out of CNET yesterday. Uh, Epson has debuted a sub $400 projector. Say what? Um, and we can talk about, you know, what you guys' preferences are. But here's here's the, the quick specs on this. First of all, it, it's it's not... Uh, quote unquote HD, right? So let's start there. But it is under 400 bucks. It is 3,000 lumens. Uh, it does a 10,000 to 1 contrast ratio for $379. Now, uh, Greg, we're going to start with you on this. One thing okay, that thanks. education folks know about Epson is they have something called Brighter Futures, right? And this is not a commercial for Epson, but they do have something called Brighter Futures. Uh, which gives significant discounts. Um, when I left uh, education as a tech manager over a year ago, I was getting, you know, 3,000 lumens actual HD projectors for, let's just say, under 650 bucks a pop, right? Uh-huh. So is this something, is this forecasting, you know, sub $500, sub, sub $400 for education folks, Greg? And if so, does that give Epson maybe a leg up over you know, Panasonic or some others. I mean, I mean, let, let, let's cut to the bottom line. It's S freaking VGA. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's 24. No, wait, 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 it's 2015. And I think I used this line last year. So, so again, we're, we're off to a good start. Yeah. I, I think last year I said, friends don't let friends install SVGA projectors. And Amen. 
you know, <laughs> if, if you're a tech manager, if you are a higher ed tech manager, what the hell are you doing considering installing an SVGA projector? Turn your membership card in and go away. You're making us all look bad. Install, I, I mean, not, not to disparage Epson, they are, God, they are cheap. I don't know how they do it. They're cheap and they last a long time. We had a bad experience with them, but uh, in retrospect, I think it was the the control system company kind of lying to us, basically, uh, not to put too fine a point on it. But, um, if I mean, if no, just you shouldn't be putting in SVGA projectors. Oh, all right. No, no. So, so, and, and again, this is from CES. Who so is it, still using? I mean, we're debating whether or not we still have VGAs on laptops. Who has a V? Uh, I mean, VGA outputs. Who has an SVGA laptop still? <laughs> oh, I mean, would... everything out there is at least ten twenty four by seven sixty eight. But okay, f first of all, you're coming from UCLA land, right, where you have all the money in the world. And, and like I said before, we are busy dog paddling in the technological backwaters compared to most higher ed uh, universities, I'm sorry to say. Uh, and, and I mean, and we're still not even installing SVGA, SVGA projectors. All right. Uh, earning to you then, um, you know, Greg's point aside, is this something that, that would be interesting? Uh, this ha I have no interest in this for the same reason as Greg. Uh, I'm Thank not going to put in... Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we're putting in uh, 1080p projectors everywhere we go. Uh, we're not looking at anything less. Uh, I find them affordable and reliable. Uh, you know, we are talking with manufacturers about what we'd like to see on the next version of them. Uh, but I have no place for uh, an 800 by 600 projector uh, in our situations. Uh, you know, as far as this article goes, it does point out that it has a gaming mode uh, built in. It's designed for the home home user, and yeah. uh, if you're running games that are at that low resolution, go for it. But don't don't bring it on my campus. It, besides, with as much trouble as we have holding on to projectors in our corner of the world, some days you want to hang something with a gaming mode. It's like, <laughs> what they don't know. Hello, it's, it's not like it's even more attractive for you to steal. It's not like it's 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 marketed and, and has you know Call of Duty colors on it. I mean, this is not. <laughs> I mean, what was it? A few years ago, Xbox came out with a Call of Duty uh, version. And it was nothing more than the colors and the you know the color scheme of Call of Duty at the time. So, uh, Mike, you know, you 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 can be the last one to beat me up about this. Is this is this something interesting? No, I mean, yeah, the resolution doesn't make it suitable for classrooms on our campus. Um, I, I found it funny that it was described as uh, suitable for backyard movies, which <laughs> really kind of defines where it's going to be used. Just a, a cheapy to use around the house, maybe. Um, but nothing that we would install because of that resolution. Yeah. 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 The 3000 lumens is what gra grabbed me. And obviously the, the $400, you know, the less than $400 price is what's all. Yeah. It's bright, but you know, it, it, the brightnesses are just going up faster and faster all the time. All right. Actually something else that you that you said, um, do you really have a problem with projectors walking away still? Um, Knock on wood, no, not not. Our group doesn't. We use a 
I wish I had one here. We use a, a special little tamper-proof uh, screw from Magard. It's a, it's a custom little uh, pattern that you have to buy the the, the fasteners and the drivers from them. Hmm. They're like two bucks a piece, so you end up putting like twenty dollars worth of fasteners in a, in a mount. But knock on wood, we have not lost anything that we've done that to. Hmm. Um, a couple a couple of the other departments on campus I know have lost quite a few projectors in fairly regularly okay yes. you know because they just put the they just put the, the the normal screws or the or don't even get me started about the the mount companies that give you the the little pinned hex and call it a tamper proof mount yeah tamper proof if you do, if you're too lazy to run down a home depot and buy yourself <laughs> a a pinned hex driver and come back and steal the projector hmm. yeah well and then you, you've got other folks who've got um you know they run basically what's a, a relay uh, wire between or you've got um, yep. we uh, didn't have that option okay um, or then we, well, obviously we... the, a padlock you know on on the different mounts so yeah I was curious uh, all right um, from avnetwork.com uh, uh, Midori Connolly wrote a piece about mobile apps uh, for the life of a stager for her uh, particular use but it got me wondering about uh, apps in the uh, education market um, Ernie, we'll start with you on this one. When it comes to uh, where we're going, when it uh, with whether it be control or you know wireless video and sharing content, how do you guys manage um, allowing? I guess the best way to put this is allowing students uh, and or professors uh, access via apps. Is it something where you say, "Hey, here's a QR code, go download this," or is it another one where it's like, you know, no, that never happens. We don't. We don't allow the students to have anything near uh, that ability. Well, as far as having the apps in the room, we do not give the students or the faculty the uh, apps for our control systems. We do, uh, you know, write for the uh, iPad app uh, with our Crestron systems, but that is more for my staff to be able to stand in the back of the room and take control or manage it if they need to. Um, but no, we do, we do not provide the apps uh, to the students. Now, you know, they were talking about what type of different apps maybe as a techie can you use yeah. if you want to go that route. And, you know, uh, we all have little sound meters on our phones and uh, light meters yeah. and uh, rulers, if you will, tape measures, digital tape measures, things like that. Those apps we find very uh, applicable, even a level on your phone. Uh, as far as what on the tech side of it, but as far as allowing the students uh, or or the faculty, like I said, we don't put it on their devices. Okay, uh, Mike, to you, do you allow the students or the other faculty, you know, access via via the different apps? No, not for the control systems. Um, they have to be using the touch panel in the room to control it. Um, you know, if they're using something like Crestron's Air Media, they're going to need an app or, you know, a similar device. They're going to need an app on their on their device to use that, maybe. But um, but no, we wouldn't give them access to the control systems. Okay. But I found the article pretty interesting. There were some good suggestions for yeah. uh, apps that, you know, AV professionals would use. I've been on a big kick recently with um, time tracking because hmm. I really wanted to see how I'm spending my time um, designing systems, um, uh, during project management, you know, times, um, 
and it's really interesting. I've been um, using a, an app called Office Time on my on my iPhone, and I just every hour I kind of log my time and um, really discover I'm spending a lot of time doing certain tasks that I thought were really quick, but uh, but they aren't. Okay. So <laughs> that could actually that could actually be quite telling. Um, yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah, and to really figure out, okay, how long does it take me to you know, design a system and go through, you know, certain project management tasks and, um, takes a lot longer than y you think, uh, once you see, once you see it on paper. So it's so interesting. Also helps you in, in the future when you start planning out your days or your weeks, you know, uh, yep. to know in the back end, Hey, this, this takes me X amount of time. It really, it does, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you think, Oh, I, I only need a half an hour to, you know, run to the room and do this task. You probably don't, you probably need to, you know, increase it and, yeah, you're going to get behind. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, all, right. Good. all right, Mr. Brown, to you. Do you uh, allow anyone access via apps? No, we don't, have, we don't have anything like that running now right at this point. All right. Do you, uh, do you have access? I mean, do, do you, you guys don't even use, do you use Fusion? We are trying to kind of get our head around Fusion. We are, we are running two systems in parallel right now and uh, slowly moving in that direction and... Um, we just rolled out three more rooms here over the over the break that uh, we just hooked up into Fusion, but we it's not really doing much other than sort of existing and giving us some very very basic information. Okay, all right. Uh, from uh, from Higher Ed Tech Decisions, uh, they had an article about passing uh, mass notification um, tests from the client standpoint, and I wanted to get your guys' take from a technology manager's perspective. We've talked about this before, both in, in you know, the systems you guys use and, and, you know, the holes that are in them. Uh, Greg, what do you expect? Um, you've famously said that your guys' mass notification is a giant, uh, well, bullhorn. The, the voice of God. <laughs> yes, the voice of God. Uh, thank yeah, you. Let me do uh, my, my impression again of our, yes, our voice please. of God. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Like I've said before, our, our running joke is they'll start doing that. We won't be able to understand it. We will all run outside to try and listen to see what the announcement was, and it'll be like a shooter on one of the buildings, and he'll gun us all down. Maybe that's the strategy. I don't know. Uh, so anyhow, so from from your perspective, what would you like to yeah. see? Maybe not not besides you know, the voice. I, I was thinking we've been talking a lot about this, and and there there are clearly some people who are who are doing some neat stuff and knew, know what they're doing, and there are clearly a lot of people who are fumbling their ways around. I mean, this is it 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 very much reminds me of like the the digital signage world in higher ed about four or five years ago, where lots of people were doing stuff, but nobody really knew what they were doing. Um, you know, th th this is a I wonder, we'll find out whether we've got anybody listening in Fairfax today, but, uh, you know, this is an area that is really ripe for a guideline of some sort. I don't see it. I know How there's do you some, do that, though? I mean, eligibility standards out there, and I'm not talking about a standard because I, I don't think we're really there yet, but to sit down with a group of people who know what they're talking about with this and put out some sort of, like, you know, here's what at, what's out there. Here's what works in different situations, to sort of, you know, rain rain all the cattle into the same fields, you know, ever so slightly. Um, I think would be a really useful sort of thing. Everybody's kind of charging off in different directions. It sounds at this point. 
I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? No, no. It's 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 a good avenue to go down. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in the. Uh, I almost said veteran, but that makes him sound old. He's not old. Uh, the person who's been involved with Infocom longer than me. How about that, uh, Mr. Bailey? Is this something that that Infocom should should tackle? And if so, how should they do it? Well, we had these discussions many years ago at Infocom. As you pointed out, I have been around a while. Uh, but most of the people that I've talked with, at least when we were talking about it early on, do you really want your AV system and your AV people involved in this, or does it need to go a different path? And I really think it belongs more in the security area of the campus. Uh, not saying that we shouldn't bring our expertise in and help them get quality audio, video if we're going to, anything like that. But it's it's more than just the AV systems because you're dealing uh, with text messaging, uh, working through learning management systems such as Blackboard, and that's discussed in here, uh, the outside paging, all that. And you really need a coordinated office, and we have that here on our campus. Uh, and we've worked through it very methodically, and I think we have a very good system. One thing they talked about uh, in this article was, you know, when you're setting up your system, test it. And we tested on a weekly basis for several weeks all the different aspects. We may, you know, we started out with the outdoor. We have the big uh, speakers on the uh, tops of buildings at each end of our campus, and we notify the neighborhood when, whenever we're testing, so they know about it, so they don't go into a panic mode because it starts out with a siren and then an announcement. Uh, but we had people standing inside and outside, and we would test it. And everybody would then gather our notes together, uh, and we would try to tweak it. And then, you know, exactly one week later, ran the test again. And we did that for multiple weeks, uh, both the outside system, the inside, uh, getting response when we tried to send text messages, things like that. But uh, I do think they need to be customized for each campus. Once again, I think the AV side needs to provide expertise, but I don't think this belongs in the AV world. I, I think it belongs separately. But, you know, I do like Greg's idea of having uh, some guidelines from Infocom on how to work with the mass notification people and how to how to bring our expertise in, how to share what we know, and, you know, as opposed to having uh, eight ohm speakers in this area and 70-volt speakers there and uh, horns pointed away from the campus instead of back into the campus. Uh, you know, if you're using digital signage, you know, how do you do that? How do you make it standard? How do you get the signal routed? Things like that. But as far as running it, it needs to be outside of the AV world. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Okay. Not really something we want to be directly involved with. All right. No. Uh, Mr. Tomei. There's liability there, too. Well, there yes. is. There is, you know. There you is. You want to think about that. As we, uh, if you allow me to go just a little bit longer, we Absolutely. did talk about when we were putting in uh, what is our newest building. It's about eight years old now as far as classrooms. Uh, we were going to tie the mass notification system, which we were just really getting into at that time, into the sound systems and all the rooms that had any type of speech reinforcement. But we had some long talks, and, you know, if the system's off but students are sitting in the room, they're not going to get the announcement at this point. So, you know, how do you, you know, 
what do you want to do? So we actually put separate set of speakers in classrooms that bring the mass notification in into the rooms uh, so they can hear it. But it's on a emergency backup power system, and you know we worked on where to put the speaker and how to how to have it where everybody can hear it, but it doesn't interfere with the uh, placement of the speakers for the you know the classroom and all sorts of things like that. So we like I said we've worked with them, but you have the liability, and you know if you hook it into your AV system, then your AV system has to be on at all times, uh, and just all sorts of things like that that came into play. Okay. All right, uh, Mike. From from your perspective, is this something that that you guys should have, or is this is this somebody else's issue entirely? No, I I agree that you know AV um, shouldn't own this uh, project, but it would be great to have guidelines, you know, written. Um, as far as uh, AV's uh, involvement in the whole mass notification so that we can, you know, hand it. I mean, there's so many contractors that are involved, different contractors, when you look at all the different mass notification systems. It would be great for some guidelines that we can just kind of hand other people saying, okay, you know, this is our involvement in the whole scheme of things. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and as long as we're plugging guidelines. <laughs> yes, Mr. How's Brown. That? How's that for a segment? <laughs> that is a professional. You, I'm surprised you didn't go to Broadcast Center. <laughs> AKA the point where Greg hijacks the show again. Yes. Um, we have a new Infocom standard that has now been released. The AV and IT infrastructure guidelines for higher education is an official Infocom guidelines, an official Infocom publication. Yay. It's not a standard though, right? It's a guideline. It's not a, a standard. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, God forbid we could have agreed on any of that material in a standard type of form. No. It's it's basically how to design and build teaching spaces um, without killing everybody else in the, uh, in the applicable uh, party. Those those are good things, you know. You don't want to kill yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah. So so, so it, how how would one go about getting this guideline? You know, it's on the Infocom website, and beyond that, I can't. I you know, I have followed the link that they have uh, that they sent out. Uh, they're going to be published, or they're going to be talking about it uh, more here. I think they've only sent out a couple of emails about it, and I've just followed the link. But I'm sure you can find it by going to the <coughs> website. And uh, searching for it. All right. All right. It's going to be in the standards and guidelines section. Okay. Then he would. Uh, next up, uh, th this is something, and I'm just going to ask you guys your, your opinion on this. Uh, this is from the journal.com. According to a, a market research company called Gartner, they're saying that tablet sales are slowing down, and this is going to be kind of wrapped into another uh, article about how we or how you guys manage. Um, the students bringing in, in their own devices. Um, Mike, from your standpoint, first of all, have you seen that that trend? I mean, are, are, are the students coming in, bringing in, you know, fewer tablets, and are they using more? Their, their article goes on to say, you know, typically what they're using now and what they're seeing in increases is, is still mobile devices, right, where it's, it's more handheld as, as opposed to the bigger form factors. So is it, are they yeah. kind of splitting away and going back to the tab, the, the computers and then also handheld or also uh, kind of phone devices? I mean, I don't have any <clears throat> scientific, you know, findings yeah, on this one, but I, I think if I was just to guess, uh, I see students more often with a laptop and their phone 
and then uh, faculty will come in with most of the tablets that we have to use okay. uh, in the classrooms. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I don't see students using that many tablets really. It's mostly laptops that they have. If you look around the lecture hall during a class. Okay, so when when that if that if that's the case, and that it's also what Gartner's research tends to say. Yeah. How are we? How are you guys as tech managers managing getting all these devices, whether it's a tablet from a professor or you know back to you know talking about getting students information from a laptop or a cell phone onto a screen? Is this proprietary stuff or is this open source stuff? How are you guys doing it? That's like the million dollar question right now for <laughs> us. <laughs> um, there's just no magic bullet that that covers all the different operating systems and devices. Uh, that we can put in a room, just you know, one box that's going to get um, signal up to. Oh, um, there there are projected. several companies who will tell you there are. <laughs> there oh is. yeah, definitely. And yes. then you start picking around, and um, not quite the case. L lack of features, uh, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Um, you know, it, it, it you can do it through wired connection. Everybody wants wireless, so um, everybody wants it extremely easy to use. And um, so we're we're right in the middle of trying to figure out. Okay, you know. If we're going to put two boxes in the room to cover all devices, what are they going to be, and and can we do this and su and support them? It's not easy. <laughs> well, can you do it? And also, you know, uh, you mentioned putting two devices in. Well, then you're talking about two different sources, right? Yeah. Uh, and then how do you switch that? I mean, do you yeah. do you make the professor, who God love them, they have you know more degrees than I will ever have, but sometimes getting them to understand, <laughs> you know. Yeah, uh, the interface is sometimes difficult. So. Yeah, and you have software solutions, you have hardware solutions, you have combinations. I mean, it's uh, you, you could research it for a long time. We just really need to kind of jump in, and we've done it with a, a couple Apple TVs in the rooms, and we have uh, Air Media that we're testing these days. But um, but yeah, there's just no real magic bullet that's going to cover everything. So, yeah. All right, Mr. Ernie, uh, from your perspective, first of all, you know, is this something that you guys are, um, are investigating? One thing I like about Ernie's uh, campus when I visited, he has a, a, uh, a lab room, I guess is the best way to put that, Ernie, yeah. um, where they, they bring in technology, right, and they test it out. in, yeah. in, in a, we, call it a, we call it our live lab. Live lab, uh, that's it. it. It's a classroom that has never been, because of its location and its weird shape, it's always been the least popular classroom on our campus. It's a good size room. It'll, it'll seat about 60 to 70 people. Uh, and we don't have a whole lot of rooms that size. So people get stuck in there occasionally just because of the size of their meeting. Uh, but it's an easy room for us to get to. It's close to our help desk. Uh, and it's got easy ceiling access. It's got a little alcove in the back where we have our AV rack. And if we're trying something new, we put it in that room and see how it works. And I have had a couple of instructors figure out that they get the newest technology if they move in that room. So <laughs> the whole class is in there. But if I need a room that I can have blocked off for a week or two, I can usually get that one uh, without too much trouble. So we can have time to go in, put something in, test it. Uh, and if it works, then we can deploy it elsewhere. And uh, we did start out, that was the first room we put Apple TV and Air Media, we're putting both of those in our any new rooms that we're designing right now. That seems to cover what our faculty are asking to be able to bring into the classrooms. Uh, right now, most of them are bringing 
uh, an iPad or an iPhone if they want to do something wireless. Uh, we have a few that got their feelings hurt because we were supporting the Apple TV before we started supporting the Android devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of those deals. We were working with uh, Crestron and others, you know, looking at the Air Media, the first version of the Air Media we didn't really like. And we, you know, told Crestron up front that we didn't like it. And a few weeks later, they came out with uh, some upgrades, both hardware and uh, firmware. And uh, it was a much better device. And like I said, we started deploying it. Um, but uh, if an instructor or a student needs to give a presentation from a wireless device, we give them access to either one of those. We have them. Uh, I do not put an Apple TV or a, an Air Media in a room that does not have a true control system in it. So we can okay. uh, put it and, you know, label it on the touch panel. They can, the instructor can hit a button. Uh, they have to learn Apple TV and Air Media because we don't, we're not giving them a generic name or a, a multi-step button. They have to push that particular uh, source to call it up. Um, but those that want to use it are going to no- recognize one of those two names. If they're bringing a, you know, an Android device, uh, we show them and teach them how to use the Air Media. Uh, those that are bringing an iOS device in, generally, already they a lot of them know more about the Apple TV settings than we do. Yeah. Uh, right. So, All right, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Greg Brown from uh, from UCLA, uh, is this something that you guys are investigating? If so, um, what are you uh, what are you guys doing for for connecting uh, the the students and and the professors' wireless stuff? I'm sorry, Tim. I was busy checking my email here on my brand new tablet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, you know, if I have a tablet, you know, it's clearly a dead a dead technology. <laughs> yes, and, that is and, true. And I have I have a brand new tablet. I have a new smartphone too. I got rid of the old Droid, the old spring wound Droid Three I had for. Like, the last yes, but does it plug into your eight pla- eight eight track player? Uh, I, you know, I you know I gave away my eight track player many years ago, and I've always regretted that. She dumped me not long after oh, that. Oh, jeez. So you know. <laughs> It was a double loss. It was. Look at it. Anyway, um, what was the question? Wireless. Oh, wireless, wireless devices. Wireless video. Actually, I'm working on a blog post on this very subject. Um, no, not some, it's something we've talked a bit about. Um, I'm going to try some wireless control in a um, in another departmental space, just uh, running off of. Uh, um, uh, running running their app ought to control the system in another departmental space, but not something we've tried yet in, in any of our rooms. So, um, you know, like I said before, we don't we don't have we, we have just now pretty much convinced people that we should have Wi Fi in all of the classrooms. Well so that's a good that's a first step though, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so th- th- that's beginning to happen finally. You know, and and they're literally just sticking them on the wall. It's the stupidest looking thing. They they come in and they like hang the hang the access point on the wall and plug it into the data port there on the on the wall. It's just it's just crazy. <laughs> I, I can't imagine they're gonna not gonna start walking away at some point. But um, 
No, not something we're doing. And I would be curious when uh, you know when when you guys are putting in um, these devices, you are not, I assume, particularly here with the Apple devices, you are not plugging them into the campus network, are you? Or are you keeping them you on their to. own subnet? Per, per, uh, how how are you? How are you handling the uh, the the access of those? We uh, we have our Apple TVs on uh, wireless network, and they have a separate um, uh, wireless ID that they use. Um, and yeah, they're on the wireless network right now. And we only have a few deployed. Um, it's just kind of a test. Yeah, so where can you get to? So you, is that is that an input on the system? Can you uh, what 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 can you get to by by connecting up to that? Yeah, are you talking network access or, yeah, or video yeah. output? Yeah, so um, the users still have network access on their device, but um, um, and then we have uh, Apple TV connected just through HDMI to our switcher. So all, all it's doing is is physically connecting back up into the system. So it's yeah. a, it's an input. It's not you're not allowing them to use it for you know, as a, as like a, a media player, like the way it's kind of intended or anything like that. They still have access to it. Um, on the touchscreen, they have the controls so they can navigate the menus on the Apple TV. And okay. you know, typically, they'll just mirror their device to it. Yeah. But right. yeah, they could they could um, access the menus in it and, uh, and all the different features. You're not storing anything on them or, or using them in any sort of way like that. You're just, no, not at all. It's basically just a, it's an access point for, for Apple devices. Yeah, and That's... we don't support any of those other features on it other than the mirroring aspect. Um, we're not going to, you know, if they call up and say they can't use the uh, YouTube app on the Apple TV, we say, we're not, no, that's not supported. So. That's that's what I'm We're, we're the same but... way with, with ours. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was I was curious. That's that's what I've been seeing out here at some of the the universities and colleges that are that are playing with them. But um, I was wondering if anybody was doing anything, you know, a little bit a little bit crazier with them. It that's the problem with it. It's not really built for professional use uh, in the home. It, it's fine, but um, yeah, you can't really lock it down. It's um, IR control, so we have a little IR emitter glued to it, and uh, ah, okay. yeah, that's what and, you're uh, doing. right. And um, uh, so it's it, it's pretty wide open if somebody really wants to change a lot of settings on there. Um, but could. all they would disable would be it, basically. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. Ernie, yeah. I've got a question for you because the, the one thing sure. that I, I've run into with, with talking to some folks is um, whether it's 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 Air Media or Nova or, or whatever you know whatever you know wireless um, um, system we're talking about. It they all seem to require some sort of download, right? Is that is that a right. hindering point for for you guys when it comes to the Android? Obviously, with with iOS, it, it just you know you see the Apple TV and it, it just kind of seamless, which right. is the selling point of of, of Apple systems and of right. based systems. But is that kind of a sticking point for you guys? Is is they have to go it, through two or three steps? It has not been yet. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of users who were. Uh, using the air media, like, you know, we're using the air media. Yes, there is an app you need to download. Uh, I have not had anybody have any issues with it. Those okay. who wanted to use it. Uh, so uh, that's all I'll tell you is we haven't experienced any issues yet. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was just curious because it was one thing that I've run into is some of the pushback on some of the faculty that, yeah. that in some of the colleges. So. Yeah. 
All right. Um, last story here. We go to uh, Greg's um, uh, neck of the woods. Um, this is from. Uh-oh. What did I do now? Not you personally. Um, this is from uh, our uh, friends across the pond at the BBC, uh, talking about virtual reality. And uh, the story is, is actually about virtual reality and, and, and news, actually. It's a, but it's uh, at the USC uh, is where this lab is. And they are taking um, uh, news clips and stuff like that, and they are projecting people into various news, various news uh, instances uh, and doing it through virtual reality. One of the things, though, in, in, in the article or in the, in the story, they start talking about interfacing with other people via virtual reality. And it may be a stretch here, and it, but the, what, what, where my brain went with this was talking about things like Oculus, Ocular, uh, Ocular Rift, um, Oculus Rift, and, and the, this other, you know, the, the new up-and-coming uh, VR set, uh, setups that people are, are putting out there. They're lower cost. Does this is this going to supplant supplant you know our our VCs or are they just too cumbersome because you've got to put on glasses and this that and the other? Um, so Greg, we'll start with you since it's just down the road from you at USC. Um, is VR gonna gonna get rid of or or kind of take the place of of the traditional video conference or even you know stuff like this or is it just you know kind of down the road? <laughs> Uh, think about all of your most recent video conferences. Do you do you want to experience any of those people in VR? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I mean, look, we we already went through building our 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 million dollar um, you know, video conferencing centers all, only to have everybody switch over to the damn thirty dollar cameras sitting on top of their computer. <laughs> you think we're gonna? No. No, okay. it's, it, it, it's a it's a niche thing, just like like 3D, like sim, any sort of simulation type thing. And I didn't even notice it was at USC. I mean, yeah. it was I was thinking it was a neat idea, but you know, if it, if you see USC is doing is obviously, you know, pretty stupid. <laughs> um, I, I I it's a it's going to be a niche thing for simulation type stuff. All right, uh, Mike. Same with you. Is it is it just kind of, uh, you know, a uh, Flash in the pan or just kind of niche stuff? Uh, I would say flash in the pan probably. It, it's funny. I see virtual reality kind of like 3D where, you know, it gets popular every 20 years or so. You know, 3D with the, in the 50s, the 80s, 2000s. I remember back in the mid-90s, Nintendo released a virtual reality hood that people would wear to play games, and it, it bombed, and uh, nobody purchased it. So Kind of like the uh, gloves. Yeah, exactly. It um, it seems a little like flash in the pan. I think um, you know, Ithaca College is well known for our communication school, and uh, I know our journalism students are doing kind of a, a tamer version of this with um, Google Glass to yeah. kind of try to use Google Glass for more like uh, immersive uh, gathering of news. Um, that I could see maybe having a little more. Um, like uh, basis in reality, but the virtual reality thing, yeah, I don't, yeah, that that looked a little far stretched. All right. So, yeah. uh, Ernie, I'll ask to you: Is is VR gonna gonna replace VC? I I don't see that happening. Right. Uh, I have to agree with with Mike and Greg on that one. Uh, all the way down the line. I mean, it, it's there. It's fun. It's it, I don't see it as serious, and I don't see it as hanging around very long. 
it, it'll fill in the hype gap between 4K and 8K for for a year or two, yeah. while we uh, while we all upgrade our monitors. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't think it's that. It's that. I don't think there is going to be a gap. I think it's just going to go from one to the other, and because they're already broadcasting in 8K. Yeah, but how how many 4K monitors do you guys have? Zero. You guys zero. have anything in 4K? Yeah. No. Yeah. I've got, I, I got some 4K switchers. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, we all we all have some. <laughs> they just came in. 4K yeah. switchers. Yeah. Have you installed them yet, Ernie? Yeah, we've installed some of the new uh, DMPS3s uh, over the last two weeks. So, is yeah that that's I'm I'm going to be interested once once we start pushing video. One of the things that that we are are looking at um, from a design standpoint is Greg mentioned it going from 4K to 8K, and, and he kind of said it tug-in-cheap, but in all honesty, um, do, do you hold off because of the, the lead time on design? Do you hold off specking the, the switcher for, for two or three months and say, oh, you know what, this, this building's not going to go online until you know, the end of 2016. When's the last moment I can put you know, what switcher you guys want in here? So uh, that's always interesting. Uh, all right, uh, Mr. Uh, Ernie Bailey, uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, so, Mr. Ernie Bailey, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Glad to. Had a great time. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, LinkedIn is best bet. All right. Uh, also, Mike Tomei from Ithaca College. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, and where can people find you or Ithaca College? Um, well, they can find me also on LinkedIn, probably the easiest way. Okay. And uh, Ithaca College is Ithaca.edu, which is I-T-H-A-C-A. All right, very good. And last but not least, the gentleman in the golf shorts, Mr. Greg Brown. Thank you, sir. Oh, that, never mind. Uh, yes. Hello. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Link, LinkedIn also. LinkedIn and, also. Uh, AV Greg and uh, Infocom All Voices blog if I get off my butt and start writing again. All right. And how can people uh, join the uh, the Technology Managers Council at Infocom? You know, I don't think I'm. Um, you know, we'll have to talk about that next time. I don't think I'm. I'm it anymore. I, I think I that that responsibility has has oh. off the sunset Very good. now, and I'm I'm a free man, and I can tell <laughs> what I thought of my time as Technology Manager Council Chair. Well, we'll have to um, talk about that. Actually, it's not, it's not official yet. I think I know who the next person is going to be. But uh, Is it Mike? Uh, it's not anybody <laughs> here on... No. on in, in, not anyone here as part of this group. Not uh, me. I, I think we're all too smart for... for that. But, or we've uh, done it. I was going to say, or, or <laughs> you've done it. Yes, or we've done it. Yes, so... We'll right. talk about that next time. Maybe okay. I'll know something next time. Well, well you know, yeah. at least a couple things. Uh, if you're a technology manager, there's an Infocom Technology Managers Council. So you go to the Infocom website, search for it, you'll find it. There's a way to apply, and yes. it has a lot of potential. It does. It does. And you get free breakfast at Infocom, you know, or lunch or dinner. <laughs> Depends. Uh, dinner the last two years. Last we, two got, years? we got rid of that damn morning meeting, and we we've been meeting after after the show on Wednesday afternoon, which has worked out much better. Mm. That was a good reception. Yes, I'll and vouch for that, <laughs> which has worked yeah. out really well. So that was fun. You know, it was it was Scott's idea, I think, but uh, I think it really came together here this last these last two years. Yeah, it did. Yeah, and it was it was a good idea just to kind of get everybody together. So. 
Uh, all right. Uh, don't follow me or don't find me. Um, just go by the website if you would. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Um, we have our, our next uh, AV Crosstalk coming up in about a week or so. And, oh, my goodness, you don't want to miss it. Let's just say that we have two powerhouse uh, two powerhouse women of AV uh, battling it out uh, with a very interesting um, moderator. Uh, that's it's going to be one for for uh, for a while. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, it, it'll be a good one. Um, but you'll find that program and a host of others. Uh, you can also sign up for uh, our newsletter. You can do all sorts of things. Uh, read the blogs. So yeah, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been EdTech.